ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for tuning in to the weekly episode of the Main Idea Podcast, where today I have the pleasure of sitting down with Mac Mollahan. Mac is an American inventor, former personal trainer, and Boise State football player who founded the So Right Massage Tool in 2016, which has been featured on the Joe Rogan Experience and can be found in the country's most elite training facilities like Sanford MMA in Deerfield, Florida. He has personally seen to the recovery tactics of elite MMA fighters like Gilbert Burns and Michael Chandler, as well as thousands of athletes and fitness professionals around the entire world. I use the SoRite every week in my recovery protocol, and I can personally attest to its benefits and unique ability to mimic the hand positions of physical therapists. Mac is an entrepreneur's entrepreneur who has a fire inside to not just ask why and how, but to follow those questions up with action. I had a pleasure catching up with my old friend, and I hope that you enjoy this conversation as much as I did. Without further ado, the intelligent and powerful Mac Mullahan. You're too interesting of a person, and your stories it's too amazing to not just kind of jump right into it. But I decided on asking you first what it was like to go on a 100% banana diet. Uh <laughs> Being at Equinox and then just even my journey, well, just being an invent, being an inventor, wanting to be an inventor, you know, always just kind of asking why. And so when I would see something, for example, I saw fruitarians, I saw these athletes that are like, I only eat fruit. And I'm like, what? You don't eat anything else except for fruit. And you, and you look and you perform like this, like, are you serious? Like you have to be lying. And then, you know, then you start digging and doing research. Then you start to like, oh, we're we're 97% close to certain, you know, monkeys, baboons, and, and what do they eat? And, and how, like, what's their food source? And majority, it's all fruit. And so how are they able to function? And, you know, so you start to kind of like, maybe this works, maybe this not. And so I came across this book. I'm trying to remember the author's name, but it was, uh, it was the 90, I think it was called the 90-10 diet or the, or the, yeah, I think it was the 90-10 diet and it was the fruitarian diet. And the, the doctor was talking about how eating like crazy amounts of banana and being on the banana Island. And I was like, man, this is sounds ridiculous. But I was in that stage of like, I'm going to explore. I'm going to test it out for two reasons. One, I thought that for me, I think I might actually have like a, there was either an allergic reaction or something with bananas because every time I would eat bananas, when my coaches would say, you need to eat more bananas because you're cramping too much. I would cramp more after I would eat bananas than I would before, which was, which didn't make much sense. Right. And there's obviously a lot more potassium. There's other things in fruit than just potassium and other fruits that and other foods that have more potassium than bananas. So it's always interesting why they would even say just eat bananas, but it's like the drink Gatorade thing. It's like, exactly. Yeah. They just kind of say to, to hydrate. It's like, what? Not much. Drink some water and get some sea salt and feel good. So I was like, "Screw it! I'm close to Whole Foods. I can go. I can go get my 15 bananas a day and and bring them to bring. I mean, that was the that was an interesting time because I would literally go to the store. I would buy two massive bags worth of full of fruit, only fruit, and I would put them all in my backpack, and I felt great. It was easy. It was simple. It was cheap. The bananas were like 69 cents. I'm eating like 2,500 or 25, yeah, 2,500 calories and just fruit yeah. It was predominantly all carbs. 
I just <laughs> remember coming down. So for those listening that don't know, Mac and I worked together at Equinox. You were actually a very important trainer in the beginning of my career. You taught me, like you showed me how to read my first in-body. You exposed me to, you know, tons of different modalities of training. We'd stay late after work and do like backflip yeah. to burpees to clean yeah. and jerk, like weird yeah, yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I would just cool. come down into the, the break area. And this is a public break area. It's not like the break room. This is like where yeah. everyone, you know, members, people yeah, come in. And you'd be sitting there with just like a brown paper bag full of bananas. And I mean, like <laughs> not a couple of bananas, like 15, 16 15, bananas, 20. just <laughs> mowing through them. And I, it was interesting to me because if you, if, if you didn't know you, but you saw you train, you'd be like, Oh, this is a guy, he must eat, you know, 1.4 grams of protein per pound of body weight that he yeah. has and sleep in an altimeter tent and blah, blah. And here you were like completely challenging to based on your curiosity, everything yeah. that we would think about fruit consumption, sugar consumption, carbohydrate yeah. consumption, no, no protein, just no protein. protein. And then also doing, I think at the time you were doing like one work, you would do like one workout a, a month or something you had, yeah. uh, you were doing, I would do, no, I would come in, I would come in at the very beginning and I would do, I was just testing out workouts, but I would like come in and see what could I handle at that state. So I was like, right. Oh, can I bench 250 right when I got out of bed? Just raw. I feel fine. And I'm like, yeah, no problem. So I built that up <laughs> to like 315, 330, just like, just raw, like no injuries, nothing felt fine. No injuries afterwards. And I was like, come in deadlift, deadlift throw on 450 405 five isn't i mean at the end of the day it's good we can laugh about this but like that's kind of the end goal it's it's not to roll out a bench 250 but like the end goal for an individual should be you want your strength available you don't want to have to if someone something happened and a car fell on someone or or someone tried to fight you you don't want to be like hold on time out. I got to do band walks and yeah, external rotation. I'll fight you in 30, give me 30 minutes. Like, yeah. no, it's on site. Let's go. Yeah. Where did that, like, where did the curiosity that you have as a, a trainer, a coach, and obviously as an entrepreneur, I feel like a big part of invention is curiosity. Uh, yeah, yeah. If you don't have that creative mindset, you're never going to end up in the space where you're imagining things and creating brands and stuff like that. How, like, how long ago did that show up in your life? When did you start wondering about just like random things that were different than everything else? A kid. I was super young. I was super young. I would test things out. I would look at things. I would, I was quiet. I was really quiet. I was shy, but I was, it was, it was more on the sense of like, I've, I've been trying to like, kind of really, you know, like kind of play back my life and see why I am the way I am and, and how did it, how what could I maybe change or what were things that, that I liked or dislike and, and how is it similar to other people, in my family, things like that. But as a kid, you know, my, my dad wasn't there, but so then I think that was part of me being more quiet, being more curious, but then that also got me involved with exercise because then exercise was what we connected when I would see him. He would show me stuff or we'd go to, we'd go and work out. We would go like he had the first wheel, the like the wheel. wheel. Yeah. Yeah, it was just a metal rod between it with a like a a red wagon wheel or whatever through it. And I don't know if they're being sold or if he just made that. I'm not sure. But then that actually was my first thing where I was like, oh, this is a cool idea. Why don't they do X, Y, Z? 
to make it a little bit easier, different. And then three months later, it showed up on TV. And I was like, how did that work? <laughs> um, and so that started piquing my curiosity and started like kind of thinking, you know, different ways of starting businesses. And like, as a kid, I was mowing lawns. I would, I would ride my bike like a hundred miles sometimes a day to go mow lawns in different places. It was those huge half, like heavy, like huffy bikes, like the no, like full suspension, but the suspension doesn't work. It's like super heavy. No, way too big for way. me. Like I'm this tiny little kid, way too big, just lugging this huge bike around, going up these massive hills in, in Polson, Montana, and just mowing lawns and just making money, making like $30, $40 an hour with some places. Like as like a kid, I mean, you're crushing it as a yeah. kid. You're like as the kid, richest kid in your like, neighborhood. Just, yeah, just working, just mad workouts and working out and just mowing and just, and so that built also up my work ethic. Of, yeah. of just, you know, that constant training. And then, and so, yeah, it started out as a, as a kid and then, and then just looking at things and being patient and see how things work. Like I stacked like seven golf balls on top of each other, patience wise and seeing why, and if I could do it and I would challenge myself, those types of things. And then, and then where, but then here's the other part, what I would say is everyone has it from a little kid to for sure. Like, like right? that innate curiosity. Everyone, everyone has it and depend now it's then the, the environment that you're in, whether it's your family, uh, the school or whatever, that's stopping you for then pushing towards that. Yeah. Cause I would see that in some of my, um, my friends, kids see them when they're younger and I would be like, Hey, try this. And they would look at me and I'm like, you do it. And I wouldn't show them how to do it. And you can just see their mind just like for trying to figure it out. They go get a box, they get a ball, they get this, they get a prop and then they do it. No one showed them how to do that. They just connected the dots, right? So then I noticed that once I started getting more involved with school and the type of school I was in, like I started kind of losing it and I started losing the drive to try to figure it out. Like I want to do my own business of like vending machines and, and get in the stock market at a younger age because my uncles were, but I would ask somebody, someone in my family, and they would say no, or maybe, and then I would stop. I wouldn't have that drive or that fire to like keep pushing or go find a book or go figure it out myself. Right. Until someone in my life that was really important to me was just like, you eat and shit just like they do. Why aren't you inventing something? You have these ideas, create it, start the process. And I'm like, oh, so then I just started writing stuff down outside. When did I start doing that? I started doing it right when I got out of call, right when I got out of high school. And you're just keeping like a running tally of ideas just that a, pop in your yeah, head. and just a, Exactly. Like everyone does it. Oh, I got this great idea. And then you like start to think about it and then you get all excited about it. And then you go look it up and someone's already done it. Hello, friends. If you enjoy this podcast and the guests that I have on, you can support it by checking out my amazing sponsor, Athletic Greens. I started taking Athletic Greens because I've always been a firm believer that health starts on the cellular level. From my competitive years as an athlete to my weekly output of jiu-jitsu, surfing, and strength training, cellular nutrition is a non-negotiable since I need every leg up that I can manage. That's why I won't skip on ingredients or quality when I start my day with pure AG1. Plus, it contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals, and it tastes good while costing less than $3 per day. Look, if you want to put in the work, you need to reward your body. So to make it easy, 
Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash Abe. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash A-B-E to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. You know what's so funny about that is because, I mean, our lives are wildly parallel. You know, like my yeah. my dad introduced me to exercise when I was a kid. I just remember like I was started working at 15. I was always working and working out like forever. And it just 100%, it builds that work ethic to where like if you have idle time, you're going to fill it with something. It's just, it's got to be filled some somehow. And it's funny when you start thinking of whether it's an invention or an idea, entrepreneurial or like a business or whatever, in way before the time that it happens that you actually start taking action on that. So like, well, before you thought of this, so right, right. You kind of, you get these ideas and you almost feel like, Ooh, like I know yeah, something, the other one, and you don't want to tell anyone because you're like, Oh my God, if I tell anyone, this idea is so good, they're going to take it and they're going to steal it. They're going to steal it. And then years later you realize that idea shit, everyone's doing that 24 seven, but there is a complete difference between that type of person. And then the person that takes that first step. And it's really hard to do that. Yeah, it is. Most people, well, one reason why that is, I would say one, or if not the biggest reason why that is, is because when we get, depending on how you were raised, number one, whether it's your mom, your dad, your sister, your brother, your uncles, your aunts, don't let me forget this point. If they, if they are encouraging you to do something and then encouraging you to then figure it out, and then you're not waiting for them to tell you what to do. Because when we get involved with yeah. school, we are now getting pushed down, you know, depending on the type of school that you're in and, and, you know, all of that plays into factor, but majority of school, we're waiting for our teachers and people to tell us what to do and where to go. And so now we just kind of become these like little mini little robots. Oh, you have to go to class at this time. You have to sit down for this long. You have to ask, you know, we have these assignments you have to do. And if you don't do them, then you can't move on to the next assignment, the next, the next, the next, the next, the next, right? If you don't get X amount of grades and you can't go here, you can't do this. So you start to be taught that, that you need that. Go do this. This is how you're going to do it. Cause then when you go on from high school to college, college, now you have all this freedom, like, now you don't really have, you have your, you don't have your parents there being like, you got to get up, you got to go. There's responsibility. There's all these things that are starting to play. Like maybe I don't want to go to class or I don't have to, I can just go to the finals and I can still pass. It's not a problem. Like, you know, you're starting to figure things out and you're starting to mix things together. And going back to that whole football thing, like football was my, was another thing that was telling me what to do on a daily basis, go and work out. Because if you want to be a good football player, athlete, you have to go work out. You have to be stronger. You have to be faster. You have to be. So then I would make time to go do that because I love playing that sport. And the thing that was tough, like I was saying, is that now I'm in this thing, which I love. And I was like, man, I'm stoked. It's getting me, I'm feeling good. I'm getting scholarships. My body looks good, you know, all this stuff that comes out of it. But then when I went and played and then my last game of the season, I'm literally watching the clock. And when that goes to zero, this is my last game, last second, last. I don't have to do anything with football after this point. 
if I don't want to, but I'm like, what do I do now? That was the hard, that was one of the hardest things in the weird, like mental side of it being like, I don't have anyone telling me to get up and go and do this and then, right. and then go work out and then go watch film and then, and then do, and then encourage me to do extra work because it's going to help me in this area of my life at that time. Right. So you lost that, and like, so that structure. Exactly. Structure. But there's a difference between someone telling you what to do structure wise and then you creating your own structure, having your own routine in the morning, having, you know, like for you right now. Right. You have your own business. There's certain things that you do in the morning. You've created structure. You have your own house where you're where you're staying. And and structure is good. And so that that little that little twist, that little turn of of going into that whole putting things into action. So if I'm thinking of an idea, a business idea, something that I need to create, whether it's a tangible product or it's, it's a service that I'm creating, there needs to be action behind that and consistent action. So then, and for me, where it started with the whole creating products was I just, every time I had an idea, I just wrote it down. I didn't try to get too excited about it. I would then start to learn what the next action step, what the next right step was going to be to then maybe get this product into reality. What was one of like the first products that you made that you took from an idea in your head to a thing that you could hold? Because again, for background and context and stuff, just from like working together, you were doing some, like you were a trainer for sure. But I felt like training was this thing that just like, it was one very small, just sidebar income yeah. source for you, but you yeah. had something going on all the time. And all the time. I joke about the diet thing. Cause that's, it's just an example of how in on shit you are when you're doing it. And then yeah. the range of what those things can be. There had to be other things that you came up with or conceptualized. E- even when you left and you were, you had already created. So right. And it was like moving around and kind of starting to go and you were training out of that gym where I came and I, I did some like sure. digital photo stuff with a buddy of mine. Yeah. And even sure. that, it was like, yeah. you had hacked this whole business idea out of thin air and then like put it into action with this place. It was so cool to see, here's someone doing their shit that they want to do completely by their own regard. Yeah. What was the first one of those? The first one that I can think of, I actually can't tell you because it's still potentially in the, in the works, which was something that I, which was something that I um, thought of when I was in high school off of a, saw a movie and I was like, Oh, wow. That's a, that's a great idea, but they're using, they're using other things. They're, 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 they're like Jimmy rigging it together. And it's like, Oh, wow. If they, if they added in two more things to that, that's a awesome idea. And then, so then I started playing around with my own little Jimmy rig thing and then it, it works great. Um, so I can't tell you that one, yeah, but, totally um, cause that was, <laughs> that, was actually a challenge. that was actually a challenge. Cause I'm trying to figure out. And, but the thing that, but the thing to go off of that too, is that that idea was in high school and I'm 38 right. now Yeah, and there's still a potential of getting that out sooner than later because of the resources that I have now and the connections and the, and, and just how the market's going and like, or not, maybe I have to sideline. I think on that though, too, there's like, there is this, um, I'm trying to think of another example of where it would show up in, in something like training or, or something people can resonate with, but 
it's this uh, entrepreneurial confidence. Like you make when you when you break out of that group of people that has ideas that you're just like, I got an idea. I have a million dollars. This would be so cool. This would be a great TV show. Bob, this would be a great design. And when you leave that group and say, no, I'm just going to go start making things happen and you inevitably fail and you meet resistance and things are tough or you come up with an idea and no one cares or you launch a podcast and no one listens. Like those things happen all the time. But with each accomplishment, you're kind of like, oh, word. Okay. I can actually do this. What other ideas have I cataloged over my lifetime that I was too afraid, or I didn't know how, or I didn't, maybe didn't know the right people. You couldn't leverage the right relationships. And so now you can dig back into that bag and go, I already did it with so right. Why don't I do it with this? Why don't I do it with that? And then it's like, you kind of see, oh, this is how people build success and and create things for themselves. Cause they get on that train of like momentum. Yes, exactly. Momentum. Yep. And that, and that go, I mean, that goes into with the, the athletics that goes into with, you know, with it's, it's being aware, right. It's being aware of, of one, what is it that you're going after having a bit, well, first having a big goal, because then that's going to also help you yes. with when things get tough and things start to, you're hitting roadblock after roadblock. Right. But then once you have that awareness and then you have that perspective and those are, those are nothing that comes easy. I mean, nothing that, it, that you got, how, how do I say this to get stuff? It, t- it takes a lot of work and it's hard. Like it's not easy to get, like, to create things, to, to build an image for yourself, to create a product. Like, but if I, if I dwell in that hardness, I'm never going to ever produce it. 100%. If I focus on those little, little mini goals and those little mini accomplishments and like, yeah. and being stoked about it every day, then that, and then, and then being conscious, here's another big part too that happens with, with, with any product, with any business is that if you, you almost have to take yourself out of it, Mm -hmm. you can't be so stuck in one, one way, because you have to listen to the market. You have to listen to what, to what you're seeing and what you're hearing and what's going on and, and problem solve and try to figure out, well, okay, if that doesn't work, well, then why don't we do it this way? Well, then, you know, and then constantly being like, well, I thought it was going to be this way, but if I would have stuck with that, we would have crashed and burned. And, and yeah, if you're, if you're it. emotionally tied personally to like whatever the thing is you're creating, you're going to be subject to all the dislike that yeah. comes with things being new. So when something, I, I joke about this, like with the developers for the ski system, I'll come up with an idea and I'm like, oh my God, this is going to be the thing. Everyone's going to love it. And I talk to them and they go, how do you want it built? And I'm like, I want it built like this. And developers build things exactly how you want them, not with, with no creative additions. They just go, okay, cool. You want a square? It's a square, like to a T. <laughs> and then you get it and you're like, oh, I kind of wanted like an octagon, but okay, yeah. we'll work with the square. And then you launch it and no one cares. And so if you're tied to that part of it, if you're tied to like, I put all this work and this blood and the sweat and the tears into this, and here it is, and no one cares, you're going to just get blown up. But if you look at it, it's like, okay, I'm at A and I'm trying to get to Z. There's a ton of letters in between there. It's going to be weird. And I'm going to, some things you're going to launch, they're going to fail. And some things you're going to really not want to put out and they're going to just get traction and blow up. 
yep. and you're like, what? Um, this I think is a good transition into the just the story of the so right in general. And I don't want to ruin it with my own story because I want to hear 100% everything that you have to say about it. So I'd rather just release you to the wolves and like start where you want to start and just tell me like, how did this happen? And what was that process like to now? And we'll, we'll jump off and on the train as we go. Hmm. Well, I mean, it, it starts with what we were talking about earlier of just looking at things and asking why. And so when I, when I started working at Equinox, it was, it was a big shock because at that time I, I never trained anyone that was older or younger or people that had injuries. You know, I trained a little bit, which is my background and just my own injuries, but but more athletes, people younger than me, people my same age, but, and pretty close to the same personality. So it was easy, it was easy to connect with them. And then also being in the same sport, training an athlete that I just played that sport. I've proven myself. I was a successful player in, in, at Montana state. So then they would look up to me. So then that was easier, but now I'm in this luxury gym with a bunch of different faces, different personalities, and now I have to make a, a business out of it. How do I become successful in this environment? And so what I did, well, the funny part is when I first got into Equinox, I didn't have my personal training cer certificate. I came in and I gave my spiel of who I was and what I've done and who I've helped and, and what I want to do and, and how I'm going to be successful in your guys' company. And, and they're like, okay, cool. We'll, uh, we'll talk to you uh, tomorrow. And I was like, okay, that's cool. Can I go work out? And they're like, yeah, sure. No problem. And uh, so we were going to have another meeting because um, they didn't talk about if like what certs I had or anything. Yeah. I was mostly just going to see who I was. And so I go work out and I lined up like two or three clients when I was working out. <laughs> and so that, so that I came back because I just walked around and just looked and just kind of see. And I was like, oh, I can mess with that guy. That person's doing something weird. That person's oh, I could probably help them. So I just went up and started talking to him. And then I went back to him before I left. I was like, Hey, I just lined up three people for training who, what trainers would you like them to train with? And they're like, what would you, I was like, yeah, I was just out training. And I saw that they're doing something like incorrect. So I just fixed them, but I told them I'm not working here, but there's probably a trainer that can help them. And they're like, okay, well, uh, here, actually let's, let's meet tomorrow at this time. So then I come back again. And then they're like, okay, well, you know, what's your certifications, everything. And I was just like, uh, I don't have one. What, what do you recommend? And they're like, Oh, either one of these. And I was like, boom, got it. Went home, got the one that was that they, that they, uh, the ISSA that they recognized could do it online. I did it all that night and knocked it out as fast as I possibly could got the certification and then came in and then was like, here you go. And they're like, all right, you're hired. <laughs> and so then, and so that's how I got into Equinox. And then once I was in Equinox, I was like, holy shit, I'm in here now. How do I get clients? So every night I would go to Barnes and Noble and I would sit in the fitness aisle and I would pull out all the books I could find and literally just start <laughs> going through books, just literally going through books one after another and taking pictures and taking pictures and seeing and, and what. And then I would be like, okay, I would set up a program. I would set up a program. And then I would go and just constantly just try to get free training. I did like the most Equifits and like CPTs or whatever, like pre free training 
because uh, I couldn't sell, I couldn't sell anything. I wasn't very good at selling at that point. So I was just getting free training nonstop. And they're like, you're doing so many equal fits and stuff, but like, where are your clients at? And I'm like, I don't know. I, I, need, to figure out, I need to figure out how to close and like, right. And which I figured out obviously, but, yeah. um, and, but I would put each one of those people through that same program. And then I would just modify the program depending on who the person was. I would, I would make it easier, make it harder, add a weight, take away weight, add assistance, whatever. And then that's how I started the process of just being curious. And then I would, I would, I would do that um, every day at Equinox. I would come in at 5 a.m. and then I would leave at 11 every day. They almost, they had to kick me out all the, like, you can't be here this long. Like you have to leave. And I'm like, okay. You're like, fine. I'll rent an office building upstairs. <laughs> okay. Well, wait, before, before that, I was sleeping in my car. I was going to ask you about this. Yes. I was and renting car. out your front seat. Well, hold on. Exactly. <laughs> so I was, I was sleeping in my car, figuring out where I could park in Santa Monica that I wouldn't get a ticket. I got a ticket the first night. So cold. And I was like, oh, I can make this work. I'm working at Equinox. I've got everything I need there. There's a, there's a, the cafe there. They give out free food when it's, you know, at late at night, there's, I'm not making any money. I have $0 to my name, but I have enough to pay like my bills off, whatever. Right. I'm gonna figure this out. So I figured it out, sleep in my car. I come and train and then I go to Barnes and Noble, read as many books as I possibly can, and then come back, sleep in my car. Cause there's, I could only sleep in my car. I could only get into the parking lot at 11 o'clock. So I had to wait until 11 o'clock happened before I could park my car in order to go to sleep. So I'm getting like four hours of sleep at night. And then this, I'm, I'm sure you were justifying with some sort of article that you came across, right? On how that was like optimal. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, well, actually, no, I was just like, just testing it out. I was just testing it out to just see like, okay, if, if I'm sleeping, I'm sleeping. And this comes into what you're talking about. How I was like, I was constantly doing something. I'm always testing something yeah. out. And so how I was sleeping, the position I was sleeping in, um, how I was breathing, should I eat before I go to bed? Should I wake up and not eat? Should I fast? Should I not like all this stuff all almost kind of just, I was just testing from, I didn't come across it, the warrior diet. I just started doing that just because I was just thinking about warriors and back in the day. And then I came across the book and I was like, Oh, that makes complete sense. Um, and then I would just come into Equinox and I would just constantly just look at machines and I'd be that weird guy doing weird stuff on machines. Yeah. Just see yeah, what I mean, it if you, we would walk in, if you walked into the training floor and you saw like a piece of rebar sticking out of a crowbar and it was duct taped to like a treadmill, you'd yeah. be like, Oh no, no, leave that. Mac is uh, working with a client. It's <laughs> you know, like, do, doing something. Yeah. Explored something. You had your and, own uh, set of just like pulleys and handles and bars and like your creativity was, it's just so unique and approach to training. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I was just constantly just that. And that's where it started. That's where it really started. I just was constantly just like challenging myself. It's like, how, how late could I sleep? One, because I was only getting three, four hours of sleep a night to begin with. How far away am I from the gym? How fast can I sprint to the gym? And so I'd literally get up at like 4.50 and I figured out a place to live that was close enough that I could sprint there in two and a half minutes, full on sprint. And it was like, you know, half a mile away or whatever the case was, like it was five minutes or whatever. I'm just full out sprinting as soon as I get up, which I don't know if that's the healthiest thing, but it goes back to the whole, like, 
making what's it happen, possible. Right? Yeah, yeah, what's possible. And and so leading up to that, I one day because of all the stuff that I was testing out and doing and seeing, like, why do what do I love about training and why should I do something else? Should I be? Should I get into sales? Should I get into something that's a little? You know, can I make more money where I don't have to be there all the time? Like constantly just looking at things. Um, I decided I was like, you know what? I'm gonna stop training. I'm gonna keep training my clients, but I'm personally gonna stop training and just see what happens to my body. Yeah. Because I've played football, I've done whatever, I've challenged, I've hurt myself in different ways. So I'm like, I want to see what areas that I'm covering up from the type of training I'm doing to see if I really do have some serious issues that one. I can learn more about two, maybe I can come up with a product off of that. And then three, just, just get more knowledge that I can help more people, more clients, more whatever. And, and so I did that and my hips started popping super bad. My lower back started killing me. I got sciatica super bad. And I was like, what is going on here? And so then I started training, got myself back where I didn't have any pain. And, but then during that time, I just started researching and that's where it came up with the whole psoas. And I was like, holy cow, like there's so many people that have back pain and have hip pain that it doesn't matter if they're an athlete. It doesn't matter if they're, you know, stay at home or they, or they're younger or they're older, like they're having back pain. Like, and so then I started really getting into it and I, was, and I started asking questions. I would go to as many massage therapists as I could, as chiropractors as I could, PTs. I would talk to people that I knew that were doctors and everything and just get their input and it was surprisingly it was surprising that there was a lot of people that knew about it but they didn't do anything about it massage therapists like no i never massaged the psoas i'm like why not yeah. sounds like it's the most complicated muscle and it deals with so much in your body and everything why aren't you massaging that to begin with and they're like they didn't have a reason or they'd say, Oh, I would wait because it's, you know, it's an intimate area. So I need to build a relationship with them or whatever and make sure it's okay. Like I don't, whatever their excuses was. And so then, then I just started looking, I was like, well, what products in the market actually help with getting into that area? None. None. Yeah. Couldn't find, couldn't find anything. Jim, you're rigging it with a weight, with a kettlebell, with it, with a ball, with a, with a, the edge of a, the thorough cane and they're all just way too intense. Or I just don't have, like, I'm not going to bring a 25 pound weight with me somewhere. Like, right. Yeah. Cause I remember you used to use like, so I had, when I was in high school, I was in physical therapy for my back as a mobile skier. I had so much like compression there. And so as tightness oh, yeah. From for, remote? Yeah. for people that are like, I have back pain too, but you don't know what the psoas is. Psoas connects your lumbar spine to the front of your pelvis. So when it gets tight, it creates more tension in your lumbar area. So it can, a lot of back pain, literally in many cases, aside from like acute trauma, a bulging disc, a herniation, it can just be that this muscle is tight. It would be like if you had your arm out stretched and you, you tied a rubber band from your shoulder to your wrist and tightened it. And then you'd be like, ah, my elbow is tight, but I don't know why. If you just loosen the rubber band, you get a straight arm again. So I remember when I was in high school, they would do psoas releases, like true psoas release where you're down on the table for like 25 minutes. It's absolutely agonizing pain, like horrible. Cause you have to get through all the abdominal wall muscles and then get onto this muscle and apply pressure. And there's nothing that 
there's no way to do it. So it's either once you know about it, your only option in the past was go see a specialist willing to do it. Who's also capable. But I remember you used to lay down and I, I knew what you were doing because I had had mine worked on, but you would lay down on the dumbbells that if someone can picture a dumbbell with the handle and then the sides of the weight sticking up kind of like the psoas, but you would lay down on that and be like, what is that guy doing? It's like, oh, he's releasing his psoas with the weight. Now, like, I think that guy's just broken, but <laughs> you were literally as that kettlebells trying different ways to get into it with barbells, dumbbells, like everything. Wooden, yeah, wooden hangers, wooden hand. I mean, it was literally anything and everything. And then, and then, uh, and so then once I could figure, once I figured out that I could 3D print the thing and, and then it actually works and I can actually use it and sell it, then that was, that was literally the, the beginning um, of the, of the journey. And, and what was great too is it, it really, I was like, in the green or what is it in the black and the green in the, I was already breaking even with, with all my expenses because it was all made to order. Right. I remember we were sitting at the, and this is my, my most like eating my words moment, probably to date in my life is we were sitting down there and you had the very first 3d printed one that you and your client made. And you're like, Hey, check this out. I'm making the so right. And I was like, okay, here's another banana diet, right? Like this, here's Max new things doing this crazy invention stuff. And you're like, check it out. It's like, it functions like two hands of a, of a massage therapist. You can work on it from your back to find the tension level. And then you can lay on it and you lay on it for like 15 minutes and it slowly works through there. And you had me like play around with it. And I was like, I was like, okay, this does exactly what he's saying it does. And I was like, how much are you going to charge for it? And you go hundred bucks. And I was like, kick rocks, dude. I just remember looking at you being like, you're out of your fucking mind. A hundred dollars for this piece of plastic. Absolutely. No one's going to pay that. And you kind of, it was like a watch me moment is how it felt. Like we weren't saying that to each other, but I was like, you're like, I'm going to do it. And then look like crazy, man. Yeah. Eight products later. Yeah. What, like from that moment when we were sitting there and you had this very first one through all like the revisions and, and what was that journey? Like that first, that initial phase of like, now there's this thing you're holding it. It's in your hands. You're it's out of your brain and it's physically in the world. Uh What's that initial phase like entrepreneurially for you as you're growing that? I mean, it's, it's, it's surreal. It's exciting. It's, it's, you know, there's some fear behind it because it's like, I just created something that's never been created. It's, it's, you know, but then the other part too, is it's like, hell yeah, if I do this right and I get the right people around it, like, and it's not and in, in the, you know, in the first, the first thought of it too, wasn't, you know, everyone should be rewarded for what they're doing. But that wasn't the first thought of like, Oh, I'm going to make it. No, it's not that at all. It was, there are so there, I need it in order to function and do the stuff that I need to do on a daily basis, whatever it is that I love doing in order to be successful. And, and so, and there's how many other people that are in that same position that are dealing with this pain, they're getting the wrong advice. They're getting, and then, you know, cause at that time too, of our, 
from the people I talked to, they're like, I've talked to 10 doctors. I've talked to, I've had back surgery multiple times. I've had, and I'm unable to do even just walk. I'm unable to, you know, simple, basic stuff. And it's like, and that's why I became a trainer because I was injured. I didn't like the advice I was getting from my trainers. So it was like, I need to fix myself. So I fixed myself. I learned how to do it and it worked. And then I felt better. And I was able to go back and start doing the things that made me who I am. And so that was really the biggest. It was like, oh my gosh, there's like, what, when you create, when the, where my mindset, where, well, there's a saying, there's a saying that says, if you, you know, create something for the masses, you could live for the classes, but it's really, if you create something for the classes, you'd live with the masses. That's more like on the, the, the monetary side. Right. Yeah. But if I want to create something, I want to create something for more people than just a small little niche of people. Personally for myself, I want to try to impact as many people as I can. And everyone has a psoas, everyone has muscles, everyone has. And so during that time, I was just like, wow, if I can pin this down, figure it out, then there's going to be a lot of people that are going to be feeling better doing things that they've never done before or back doing the things that they've wanted to do for a long time. And where does that go? What comes out of that is the, and so that's why I love, I love hearing testimonials. I love seeing that. I love, you know, talking with people and spending time with people that are, that are actually dealing with injury and then, and then try hopefully hoping that this product, these products will help them get out of that. And majority of the time it does, because it's when you understand the concept of, of why muscles are tight or the, or understanding consistency in anything, consistent massage, consistent exercise, and consistent pursuing something you will eventually achieve that in some some aspect and so it was it was surreal i mean it was just like this has been a dream of mine since i was a little kid to invent something that has the potential to impact a lot of people I guess on, on this next question, some of it's already answered. I mean, when you're, when your why is that big behind your, what, like there's just no stopping you. So yeah, I understand that part, but what were some of like in that initial phase of you have this thing physically in the world now, and you're getting it out to the market. What were some of the initial failures that you experienced that kind of checked you that you really had to overcome? Like, I'm not going to let this derail me from wanting to do this anyway. Gosh, you know what we've there, there's been, you know, it's hard, it, you know, hard work meets opportunity or there's like, when people say, Oh, you're lucky. It's like, no, it's hard work meets opportunity. But I mean, there is some, you know, there's definitely, you know, little things that are lucky in the sense of like, there's, I can't think of anything really off the top of my head, maybe because I had that mindset of, Oh, there's a wall. There's something. That stopped me. Oh, I'm just going to go around. Yeah. I'm going to jump over it. I'm going to go, Oh, I don't have enough money. Oh, I'll sleep on the floor and rent out all my rooms. I'll put bunk beds up and rent out. I'll, I moved 10 people into my house and slept on the floor for, for months. Really rented out my car, rented out my front seat. When I first started, like I had a, that's a funny story. Let's talk about that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> when I slept in my, when I, cause that, that was really, cause you know, to go off that question, that was one of them was, wow, I don't have enough money. So is this, 
even becoming a personal trainer going to be a reality? Am I going to be able to make it? Right. I was like, yeah, I'm going to make it. I'm going to do it. Do I need to sleep on the ground? Do I need to sleep upstairs? Do I need to sleep in the closet? Like, what do I need to do in order to build up money to then be able to then get the next right thing that then will get me to this thing, to this thing, to this thing. Right. And that's really how I just started to, to think about stuff. So I was like, I have a car, I have bad credit. My payments are super high. How do I get rid of this payment? Okay, well, I either need to rent it out. So I started renting it out to other trainers that needed cars. I didn't need it. I'm staying, staying all day at the gym, take my car, pay me money, sweet. And then I was like, another trainer came up to me. It was like, dude, I have nothing to my name. This is all I got in this freaking paper bag. I don't have a place to sleep. I'm like, you can sleep in my front seat. <laughs> I love that. But so check this out. I go, but you have to drive me around. So now I'm saving money on Uber. You're going to be my Uber driver. And I'm going to teach you how to do this. Trainer. Yeah. I'm going to teach you how to go out and get another job. And like, I'll be your little life coach or whatever. Because when I'm not training, you can take my car and then go out and try to find other work go go try to train another gym go be a valet go do this whatever like literally just go in and out just don't accept no as an answer like figure things out and i learned that from a friend of mine too that was just like side note he went down to uh he went down to key west and um because he wanted to be around blue water he's like screw it i'm gonna just go and just figure it out and he's like i'm gonna go work on that snorkeling boat And everyone there was like, you can't work on that thing. Like you have to know people who know people who know people. Like you have to know the right person. And then you might get a chance to work on that place. Maybe, but then there's still this whole process, whatever, to then get on that boat. And it's like, whatever, I'm gonna go get on that boat. Goes down to that same day and goes, hey, are you the captain? He goes, yeah. He goes, I want to work on your boat. And he goes, no, sorry, can't. And he goes, all right, that's fine. I'm going to strip down naked right now and paint your name all over my body and scream the star spangled banner up and down this whole little quarter until you put me on your boat and he's like are you serious he goes yeah i'll do it right now and he goes uh okay you're hired and he got on the boat and everyone's like how'd you do that he's like I told him i was gonna get naked and freaking strip down the thing like so where there's, there's a will, will there's a way right yeah totally and uh and so that's really where my mindset came in where where if something came up i would just like Wait, you had at one point uh, after the so right was created, you had 10 people living in your house. You had moved in to offset the cost of production and whatever. Oh, yeah. I was like, I don't want I want to turn everything that I have that's around me into an asset. I don't want it to be a liability. So I started doing that with my food where I was getting food. um, I was like, okay, half the half the week or whatever. I know that the cafe We'll give out free food yeah. for whatever. So almost three, four days out of the week, I would have my dinner paid for. I had free dinner, yeah. right? And then, and then I started doing the supplement company, the the network marketing stuff. Yeah. So I was like, all right, if I'm if I'm going to be consuming supplements, I want to be getting paid for those supplements. Right. So I started getting paid for the supplements, and then I was working towards like possibly either doing some like bodybuilding show or whatever to try to get more sponsorships, and then I could get free clothes. So then I can get free shoes and I can get free anything that was on me. I was like, I don't want to have to pay for anything. I want to work for it and then bring it, bring value to it, whatever. So then I can be able to do that. And, uh, 
Um, but yeah, so then I was like, all right, I have this place that I'm staying in. It's a two bedroom place. It's a big place. I don't need all this space. I'm hardly ever here. There's other trainers. There was other trainers that yep. in the same position as me. I was like, Hey, move in here and pay $500 a month. They're like, deal. That's so I multiplied, wild. I multiplied that out. And then it was the same thing. If my landlord said something, I would just be like, Oh, sorry. No, 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 they're not here. Nope. Nope. Dude. I did that with Uber. Wow. <laughs> I had my car. I don't know how, I don't know if Uber tracks or not. I don't know, whatever, but this was a long time when we first started. I had another guy run do an Uber, but he used my car. My car was going out on the road 24 hours a day, whether I was in it or somebody else was in it. That car was making money on Uber 24 hours a day. So, I mean, this is like, <laughs> write a book on hustler's mentality, right? Like this is, you are literally down to your food. You're not letting a single thing slip through the cracks. You are making even on every single thing you have. But at this point, this is out of necessity, right? Like you're trying to get something off the ground. You need all your money going back into this company. You have to produce things. You have to ship things. You have to distribute them, yada, yada, yada. How long did it take you to get from there? I mean, I'm also assuming right now that you don't have 10 people living in your house. No. Right. So <laughs> you, you don't know. They're like, oh, you're like, actually, actually people no. are the table. Yeah. <laughs> um, so how long did it take you to get from that point where you have 10 people in your house offsetting your rent to feeling like your head was far enough above water that you're like, I think I got this. Well, it was really, it was really quick, but the thing for me mentally at that time is that when and I tested it out is that when I would go get my own place or I would, um, I would get too comfortable. Really think start to my training would start to go down. I wouldn't be pushing for more clients. I wouldn't be doing this. So I had to keep myself uncomfortable. So I had to be uncomfortable. I had to be comfortable with being uncomfortable, but and so I almost always slept on the floor. I didn't, I wouldn't buy extra stuff. I wouldn't buy furniture stuff. I wouldn't put money into that. I would only buy the necessary things that I needed, that I felt like I needed to then get back out there and then go. If my bed was too comfortable, I didn't want to get out of my bed. Yeah. I, didn't I mean, that's like the old, I, I forget the boxer that said that, but they're, they're like, it's hard to get up out of bed when you wake up in satin sheets. Like once, you know, once you're balling, like, you don't want to go step in the ring and fight some guy who's hungry, who's got no. nothing to lose and you nothing have everything to lose. lose. You have family who's got a bunch of stuff. Yeah. So, I mean, that that's literally what, and I had, and I tested it out. So it was always AB testing stuff and to find, you know, and, and that's the challenge in itself too, to like, keep, keep that motor going and keep pushing yeah. at that. But since I had a really big, really big, you know, goal and, and why that I enjoyed it. I enjoyed right. it and the, the, the problem solving and the coming up with, even if it was something like super tiny or like playing the shell game and being like, Oh, I can't pay this here because I paid something else. Right. Cause at the same time, I wasn't just doing so right. I was prior to that. I was investing in two other companies, right? Which I didn't have to do. I could have took that money and actually got a really nice place and a nice car and a nice right. whatever. But I was like, why? Yeah. You're used to it yet. anyway. I want to freaking let's put money over to here because these ideas sound awesome. Right. And if I can be a part of that, then great. Then I'm going to skip this little middle ground and then I'm going to potentially 
you know, whatever, have the, the, the resources and the, and the, the things to be able to go and travel and do stuff and buy that and do that. If it makes sense for what I want to do. And so, um, but yeah, going back to that first question, there wasn't a, there, I would see a, a wall and I would get around it and then, um, and just keep repeating that over and over. <laughs> what was, what was the point with the so right specifically, like with the product where you, you felt like the traction really started to like grip. Um, when Ben Greenfield mentioned me, uh, was the first time, yeah. because that was the tough part is the very beginning is to have a product, to have an idea of anything. I mean, just imagine like, you know, your podcast, your bit, anything that you're doing that you have to tell people you have to market it. I didn't have a big enough production thing set up at the time. So I couldn't tell certain people. Right. I because if they, they lit it, all of a sudden you have a supply problem. Exactly. And, and then you do, shoot yourself in the foot. Exactly. And so that's what, that's what happened with, with Ben Greenfield. I didn't ask him to say anything. I actually asked him to, to not say anything. And then he said something, but he couldn't even see the product and he, and he didn't even say the full name. He just said the first part, which actually works out with our other products. He just said, so, yep. and he just mentioned the so as, and then he just mentioned how, what you just mentioned earlier about um, where it's located in the potential potential stuff that comes from that. And if you massage it and strengthen it, then it can help those areas. And my, my website almost got shut down. And luckily I didn't have my international shipping set up because majority of the orders came in were international. Yeah. And so, so you had, did you have uh, like Google ads running and, and AdSense and stuff to like have keywords hit. So when people type in, so as they find you, or it was just all happenstance. It was all word of mouth. But it's worth saying at that point, you had a website, you had put money into oh, yeah. creating a presence and create, being there. Create and, a shop, yeah, yeah. created a Shopify and, and yeah. was on Instagram. So I launched in May 4th, 2017. Yeah. Um, that was the very first post that I did. And uh, that's when I got my patent pending, which was also really interesting is that it, you know, in the, there's an interesting thing with if you show the if you show a product to the public, and there's kind of ways around that. But if you show the product, your idea to the public, then your ticker starts to get a patent. And if you don't get it within 12 months, then you have to change the design. Wow. And maybe that's changed over these years, but when I right. back then, that's what my it lawyer becomes was like, because it becomes like public intellectual property. Or something like that. Something like that. Like oh. I didn't dive too deep into it, but he was like, yeah, you have a month left. And I was like, a month left for what? And he's like, before you have to like change the design. How long, once you got that, how long does, because now there's replication products, right? There's people ripping you off all over the trying place. Trying to. Trying to, well, right. At least by like the visual design or coming close to it. So actually I, I don't want to get there yet because I, I no. still want to hear about this, this Ben thing. So like, Ben mentions it kind of backhandedly or unintentionally and yeah. it, it almost shuts your website down. Yeah. And cause it was all word of mouth. I wasn't doing any ads. I wasn't right. doing anything. I was just selling onesie twosie to my clients and their friends to whatever. And it was all 3d printed. It's all made to order. Um, I had four printers going on at once, maybe one or two would survive because of blemishes or, right. or a break or whatever. So um, so that was an interesting. Why, why 3d printing at the beginning versus 
like I don't know, going to China and finding a wholesaler and and producing it. I didn't, like want, I didn't I didn't want to produce it in anywhere else besides U.S. Gotcha. Number one, and then number two, I also uh, I needed to prove the concept. There was no other right. product like out in the market. Everything else was balls and foam rollers. Or it was super aggressive. Right. Um, or it was super soft. Like it was just. But everyone's using a tennis ball. It wasn't designed to be a massage tool. Everyone's using a lacrosse ball. It wasn't designed to be a massage tool. Everyone's using a softball. It wasn't designed to be, you know, it's so like you go down, everyone's using a PVC pipe, which wasn't designed to be a, right? So like all these things that weren't designed that they're using, which is fine. But then it's like, I want to create something that is designed for massage, period, right. off of the, the hand and the elbow. And I want it to be hard. Because if I understand physics and I understand muscle and I understand the human body and leverage, then I can change the pressure on it. So then it feels soft. It feels right. harder. It feels it, it opens up the market to more people because you might use it way different than I use it, yeah. or we use it very similar, but my pressure, your pressure is way more, way less, depending on the day, depending on the, who knows, right? That's kind of a genius moment for you because- that's a really important factor. If I go and get a tennis, because you're right, the way that I use it or the way that I've showed clients to use it before, I'm sure the way you've instructed to like a group of people versus an MMA fighter versus a soccer player, uh, it's scalable to the individual. And that's unique because like you said, a lacrosse ball is a fixed density. It's a fixed firmness. And so you're either on a hard surface or you're up against a wall or whatever, but the lacrosse ball is always, always a lacrosse ball. You can't really vary the intensity with which it goes to the muscle. Whereas this, there's multiple positions. You can drive it. You can lightly press against the skin and it has the ability to go completely your entire body into the thing. It's not going to move. And that's unique because if you did that on, I can't think of something off the top of my head, but maybe something like a little softer, it's going to flatten. And so you, yeah. you, you lose tennis, that ability to ball. penetrate. Yeah. yeah. Tennis ball. I mean, in the formulas that are out there, but um, so yeah, that was, that was really the, and then it was like, well, same thing with the whole shell game. It's like, you know, I'm putting money here. I'm doing this. Do I have enough money to actually create an injection molding, you know, operation and no, you know, right. so like, well, then how do I get this out in the market? You know, you problem solve, you figure it out. And I was like, wait a minute, I can 3d print this thing. And then that was just, the, that was just the first, just like, oh, I just to, for myself to prove the concept. And then I was like, well, wait a minute, I could actually sell this. Right. You don't know until you try. So then I was like, shit, this thing cost a hundred dollars to make the first one. So <laughs> I need to break even. <laughs> yeah. I need to break even. And, it, and, you know, the other thing too, you know, people can say whatever they want about the price. The price is freaking cheap. One-time payment, one-time payment to be able to, to have a product that you can be able to use anywhere, anytime. And, and it, it doesn't compete with a massage therapist. It actually complements them, which is also awesome. That's the other thing that I wanted to do too, is I didn't want to create something that's going to take other people out of the market. I wanted to create something that would benefit an individual, but then also benefit the practitioners for themselves. Number one, because I was one of those, I was a personal trainer and I would also, you know, sometimes do massage or whatever to like help people. But it was like, and so a massage therapist can do different things in the SORA can and vice versa. The SORA can do different things than the massage therapist can. And then it can be a 
a product that they could sell. And so that's the other thing too, is that when you understand product development and pricing, if, if I were to price it lower, that takes out a lot of other companies, uh, bigger box stores, other people, for, you know, for you, for example, I, I couldn't have the opportunity to say, hey, would you like to sell my product? And here's the, here's the, you know, the wholesale price. And then here's the margins, which gives you an opportunity to be like, hell yeah, I want to push this because I don't, that means I don't have to create a product. I don't have to create something like that. I can be able to push this and still get paid pretty well. Right. Done. Right. So, and, and a lot of people said that to us, they're like, you guys have done an amazing job on, on the pricing and the, and the design and the, and the, what you can do with this. And it doesn't neglect one muscle and, 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 and it's great because you would not, you would not, what's the word? You would not understand how many other companies are just, they don't price it well enough that, that puts us in a weird position. Now we have this weird negotiation and it's back and forth and it's not seamless and it's, and it's a headache. And then maybe at the end of the day, it doesn't work because of that. Right. That they didn't think about that in the beginning, but with you guys, it's like easy. See ya. So like rogue fitness reached out to us, a bunch of people have reached out to us without us having to, because they, they see that they know that they understand that. And then we're, then it also makes it easier on the back end of being able to get them product, to be able to pay for that, for them right. to be able to make money for them to want to reorder. You know, there's all these other things in the, that, that a lot of people don't understand because it's not taught in schools. It's not taught, you know, in public, they see like these smaller knockoffs, these things from these other places. And then that's the other thing too, is I didn't want to create a product anywhere else in the world because I want to go to the place and see the person that's working on my product and see what's going on with their body. Yeah. You're doing Whoa. a repetitive job, which is very important. You've chose to do this job. You love this job, hopefully, but you're doing something repetitive. And I understand what happens to the body when you do something repetitive. So I would go to the plant and I would work with them and show them how to use the product during the day. And like, you know, you're constantly building these boxes. You're constantly creating this, you're right. pulling this, you're moving here. You're only using one side. This is going to get hurt, right? And they're like, yeah, my shoulder's killing me. Yep. I'm like, because there's maybe that, maybe that plant has, you know, who knows what happens. I'm like, here, stop, massage into it, come back. How do you feel? They're like, oh my God, right. I feel amazing. <laughs> I feel amazing. And then they're so excited that they're just like, now they're doing a bunch more stuff. And then they love the, the, their work even more and their product even more. And I, and I wanted that connection, even if I had to pay more for that. Right. Because that's important. Anyone, I think who, there's... anyone who's touching my product, if they, if they touch using the, so right, if they, if they don't love the product, then like give it back. Right. Or like, tell us, tell us, yeah. we want you to love the product. We want you to have it. We want you to, to, to use it and then to see results. Yeah. And if you're not seeing that, and I know it's not for everyone, then it's like, well, one thing I really, and I've, I've thought a lot about, obviously I've been exposed to a million different products in, in the recovery space. And one thing that I do like particularly about the, so right. Is that it's not explained by looking at it. Like, if you take a, a Theragun or a Hyperice, right, 
someone's seen a drill before someone's seen a jackhammer they can they get it right by looking at it kind of like makes sense and so they're just and you see people do this all the time willy-nilly just percussion their whole body like they have no idea what they're doing right so they're just whacking at their arm or they're like getting their neck or they're putting a contraction into their back and then trying to release the tension in their back it doesn't work that like stop doing that that's not a thing and then it's you know tons of cash and great marketing so it it sends this message yeah, yeah but with the so right i'll have people get one they're like hey man i got the so right how do i use it i'm like did you look at the the explanation of it where it, it's you yeah. kind of like laying down step by step yeah. and they're like yeah but i'm unsure and i'm like good fucking research it now's a great time to get on and say what's this oh this is where the psoas actually is like the tool itself promotes learning because you have to dig a little bit to figure it out. And at the end of the day, what do you want? You want to feel better. You want to be in less pain. And if you're just jackhammering your balls with a hypervolt, it's not, it's not going to fix you, right? It's not going to actually do the internal work that needs to be done to get you into a place where your body moves better and you're pain-free. So this gives someone the opportunity to learn about the problem that they're having so that they are informed and they know more because as we know, like the entire system that we have in healthcare is very structured around you being sick and you being hurt so that they can suck it out of you. The more, you know, and the more that you're taking care of yourself on a day-to-day basis, the less time you're going to be spending in their office. That's bad for them. So I've always, I've always appreciated that part of it too, is like it, it's even myself, like, when I first got one, I revisited the anatomy of like the psoas and skeletal area and be like, okay, how can I best hit this using this tool? Mm -hmm. And when is the best time for me to do that? Mm -hmm. Can I travel with it? Yes. Mm -hmm. Does it look cool? Yeah. Okay, cool. I'm going to bring it places, you know? Mm -hmm. Does it stand out? Is it a purple cow? Like that's the other thing with the design is that, and how do I create a purple cow amongst all these other cows? How do I let it stand out? in an equinox right how do i how how, how can it be a, a lamborghini of massage tools that like it draws your eye to it and you're like and that's the, going off the point that you said uh earlier it was interesting in the very beginning that i would get every emotion every emotion when i would show people the so right i don't i don't know why but one, I wouldn't actually go into too much detail at the beginning. I would be like, hey, try this. And they would get pissed at me. They would get angry at me. They'd be like, why are you giving me something that's going to hurt me? That's going to do this or that. And I'm like, where are you getting this? Like, it's just a, they're like, no, that's going to hurt. And I'm like, you control the pressure. Like, if you don't want it to hurt, then just don't push as hard. And they're like, oh, Okay. <laughs> I'm in and then they would not be angry at me. And now they're super curious. Now they're like, okay, well then what do I do with it? And I'm like, you tell me. Right. And they go, what? And they go, you tell me what, I don't know, what's going on with you? They're like, I don't know, I hurt here or I hurt here. And I'm like, well, put it there. Right. Push into it. See what happens. And, and that's, been, that's been ever apparent in, in the, your marketing efforts. Like a lot of it is you on a plane trying to the best to release your body with this tool that's unique and actually has the ability to like get in 
passively where others don't. Don't. Good luck. Yeah. Put a put a lacrosse ball on a plane seat. What happens? Exactly. It goes into the plane seat, and you have no pressure. But yeah. if you, or it falls in the aisle and it goes down, and you can't right. Right. And this, like, there, <laughs> it is like a MacGyver of, of tools. I mean, you've even used it as you know, like a laptop stand when you flip it upside down, yeah. put it over your quad in an airport. Yeah. And um, back to kind of like this. That's your SI joints. <laughs> the like the production and distribution side of it um so when the joe rogan thing happened yeah were you prepared no <laughs> not at all well, talk know. yeah talk to me about that so that, yeah, when i was listening to that episode not knowing that you were going to be mentioned on it when i listened to that and i was like whoa, whoa, whoa wait and I like went back 15 seconds and it was like, so right. And I was, I went back 15 seconds and I'm like, holy shit. Holy shit. Wait. Oh, yeah. oh. <laughs> I was like, yeah. oh my God, yeah. this thing's going to explode. Yeah. Um, yeah. That was uh, an interesting. Cause you did not know again, that oh. was an organic reference. 100%. Oh, yeah. Fully organic. So the the story the story behind that is the goal the goal was to get to get on a Joe Rogan somehow some way right either either figure out you know what do we need to do in order to pay him to mention us but right. but ideally is how can we uh, get one of his his uh, people on on the show to mention it right right or maybe he just mentions it I don't know. And so we did the whole Red Bull, Red Bull mentality. And then, you know, we we're, we we're finding athletes, people that had a lot of followers or whatever. And like, and just been like, Hey, we'd love for you to have this product. We want you to feel better, move better and keep doing whatever sport you're doing. And, uh, and then hoping that one of those athletes would go onto a podcast and bring it up organically. Right. Um, or post about it organically because we wouldn't ask anyone to post we wouldn't do or like hey we just they're like well what's the requirements there's like nothing if you love the product do what you want with it we would hope that maybe you would share it with people but the, look, there's no we just want you to have it and sure enough um i think it was maybe i can't remember exactly if it was a week but it was like maybe it was a month before uh speaking with uh chandler and i was just like hey you know, how do you want to do this? Do you want to be sponsored? Do you want to do this? Do you want to do that? And he's like, no, I'll just tell people. That's <laughs> too good, dude. Tell people. Yeah. And then, so then he, you know, he was telling people, he told some athletes and, and he was posting about it. And I was like, oh, that's sweet. And then uh, I was, I was out traveling and my phone, I had my phone because, you know, it's the first, you know, first product I ever had. I'm selling it online. I'm excited about it. Like there's getting some traction. I'm selling one a day. I'm selling, well, I'm selling one a week. Then I'm selling two a week, three a week, four a week, one a day, two a day, all word of mouth, constantly still grinding, still working hard, still doing all this other stuff, still investing in other things. And still, because those all didn't stop either. Like I still had other obligations and other things going on too that I committed to. Right. And so still going still going but i had my phone on with the cha-ching and it was like you know one person would when then one person would go online and buy it. and i'm like who's this person i don't know who this person is cha-ching it's like oh that's sweet you know and then there'd be another cha-ching and then it was like and so on that day i was just like cha-ching and i was like nice and it was like, cha-ching 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 i was like 
is there something wrong with the app? Like no one, I haven't told anyone anything to do because we were not ready because our manufacturer at the time, um, he, he's never made a shelf ready product. Meaning, uh, what is it? That means that when it comes off of the line, it's ready to be purchased. Be purchased, put on a shelf. Like it looks great. It looks fantastic. Like no, no issues, no blemishes, no, none, none of that. Right. And, uh, and so there was blemishes all over it. It was not, didn't look good. And like we had, there's a whole science behind mixing colors and like getting the right color and all this stuff. And like, it's really fascinating. And I'd love, I love just like watching the whole process yeah. it going from nothing to something. It's like, it's crazy because all those parts, someone had to come up with it. That's the other right. fact yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. is that that machine was not created just like to make how, so many rights. People, how many, exactly. How many people created this machine to make this of an opportunity for me to be able to do X? Like the amount of resources behind this is, is fascinating. And that's a whole side note of like why people would use their resources to, to, to copy someone or whatever it's like create something that's yours that's like that you have this money this this time this these resources like spend that extra time to like create something that's new that that no one's ever seen that no one's right. ever like right so um i got off on tangent where was i going cha-ching cha-ching so you're getting oh the yeah so are coming right in. and i was like what is going on here boom my affiliate hit me up he's like bro you're on joe rogan i was like no, I'm not like then we're not supposed to be on Joe Rogan. Like this is not the right time. <laughs> we're not ready for Joe Rogan. Like, Joe Rogan yeah. needs to calm down. And, uh, and sure enough, I go look at the episode and there they are talking about it for three minutes. Yeah. It was a lot. It, that's what shook me as I was like, well, I thought originally I thought for sure that you guys had paid to be on there, but then I went back and listened to it and I was like, wait, this is too, like, no. it's too off the cuff. Yeah, to to be like the way it came up, and then Joe's just curiosity is like, the fuck are you talking about? He, yeah. he even says something. He's like, what? What? Are, wait, what he's are you like, talking what? about? He goes, he's no, like, no, no, look it up. And then oh, I think wow. they pull it up. Oh, on wow. the episode I had the name. The name on the website was "Feel So Right." <laughs> so what? How do you handle the website that? Was horrible. The website. There's, was... there's no way that you you guys could handle that type of traffic. Well, it, it, well, so that was the other thing too, is that, and this happened at the very beginning, the, the people that bought the, so right in the beginning were people that were so fed up of being in pain and getting the wrong advice that they were willing to try, you know, anything, but, yeah. but they also had, they've done research and they're like, oh my gosh, like my therapist does this. And this is the only thing that helps me, but like either my therapist is gone or they're so good that they're busy. Like I can't go to them all the time. Like I need something. I've been doing this Jimmy rig thing or whatever. Like it just doesn't work as well. And so those were the type of people that bought it. So we had a great strong, and there's still some people today that still have the old school 3d printed one with cracked corners and everything. And they don't want a new one. They're like, they're like, this is great. And I'm like, just give me your address. I'll send you a new one. Like, Let's upgrade you. Yeah. But there, you know, so like that, that was the other part too, is like, we, our customer service is a, is a very, very important part of our company that plays in hand with the product itself. You could have the best product ever and your customer service sucks. Like people aren't going to buy it. Yep. You could have a mediocre product. And if your customer service is bad at people will buy it. Yep. 
And so that was another huge thing that we pushed and we still do every day is to have as best customer service as we can. And it's challenging too, like, because, you know, with shipping and certain things and how much things cost, especially nowadays with things that are going on, it's like, there's a lot of things that are out of our hands, how fast we can get it to you. And like, so that's a whole other side thing, but the, um, shoot, I lost turn again. You were talking about the production, um, meeting the demands after the Rogan episode. Oh yeah. Yeah. So and like the, so, the cohort of people that you had yeah, as kind of yeah, like your member so the base, people, the people that, that bought during that, they're cool. They're like, we get it. You're on Joe Rogan. Yeah. So we only had one person out of, we had a great, we had a great month. One person out of that whole thing that had any issues or that had issues with From it. Taking, yeah. Like, to, yeah. well, no, just that it's taking longer than it should be because we're, Oh, we didn't I have our stuff. We didn't have our, you know, ducks in a row because we didn't know that we were going to do that. But I also was like, that was the other huge battle that I've had with our, with our uh, production side is that they were used to getting orders in, like me sending them an order saying, "Hey, I need a thousand, two thousand, ten thousand so rights for X, Y, Z for Amazon or for this." But this was their their other products that they've done. So like, no problem, we got this. And I'm like, you don't understand someone's going to go on to a podcast and they're going to mention us and we're going to be sold out today. He's like, no, 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 we got this. And I'm like, you need to start working now and start stockpiling because it's going to happen. Somebody's going to say it somewhere, somehow at some point, I don't know. And sure enough, boom, happened two days after we got the molds. So what did you do? And we just, we just handle customer service. We're like, Hey, we're so sorry. We're, we're going to, you know, just like that. We got mentioned on so right or on, uh, on Joe Rogan, you right. know, we're, we're doing everything we possibly can. We'll get it. And people are like, no problem. I mean, no that's problem. no problem. And it was like, and that was the, that was the thing too, is like the, the buildup people could say, Oh, that was lucky. And in some ways, yes. But also like the reason why I created it that way is because of how I would give it out to people and see how they would react. Right. If the reaction wasn't good, then I needed to change something because that would end up down the, down the line. Right. I wouldn't have had that opportunity because that athlete wouldn't have wanted to mention it because he wouldn't have got results from it. I think it's so, it's so important in any venture. Like when you start out on something, you're deep down, whether it's because you want to impact people's lives or, or you want something to spread is like, you want it to grow. You want it to be big. Yeah. You want this right to be on every single jujitsu mat in the world. You want it to be in every single training hall, because that means there's people all over the world in less pain. So whatever the driving force is, it's so important to know as a new entrepreneur of any kind to be okay with how long it's going to take to get there because yeah. you're not ready. You are yeah. not ready to have what you want yet yeah. ever. Yeah. Like there's things that they're going to go wrong. Products are going to come out with parts missing. Design's going to be not what you expected. People are going to hate things that you make or love things that you didn't make enough of. Or like there's so many things that happen in the first bit of something coming to life that you have to, that's your golden hour to listen to your customers because 
they're telling you everything that you're going to need to know two years down the road when shit's actually pumping and big. And like, you don't have time to take a phone call with a a one-on-one customer and avoid a lawsuit or something, or like, you don't have time. The other thing though is I would, that's the other part is like understanding what is the most important and, and taking care of whoever, you know, as much as you can. I mean, there's some stupidity that comes along with it. And then there's also like, but then that's the other part too, is like understanding like with anything, there could be, you know, X, anything that can happen. Right. So we have to, we have to have all your ducks in a row and then keep up with it. And, you know, I've had a great team that's helped with that a lot. And then, you know, operational manager that's just like tackled all that stuff to the ground and finding great people to handle that. Because like you said too, like, if I don't know, then I might make the wrong decision or I say the wrong thing or I do this. And then now what happens? It's amazing when you start, when you get beyond the point where you're the only person doing it all and you see how powerful it can be when you have other people that fill the blind spots that you just, you can't know everything. No one can. And when you get around other people who fill those or you're like, Whoa, you got that done in record time. And it's exactly what I want. Oh my God. It would have taken me weeks. And they're like, yeah, that's my job. They're like, your job. rocks." Yeah. And that's the thing too, is that's what, that's what I've learned from a lot of successful people is like the most successful people find other people that are better than them at those certain tasks and hire them. Yeah, totally. Is it, when, when did you realize you, you were going to like bring on more people, design more products, um, come out with, I mean, I don't know what you can talk about as far as other products that you're launching, but like the new websites live, right? CBD yeah, the, products yeah. are live. Yep. It's so good. Yeah. So good. Um, CBD that's live. The so use live and that's, you know, that's, that has all the, the how to's and I'm working on making that look better and, and simpler and easier and flow. Same thing. Like, you know, reversions and trying to like, how do, how do I make this a easier, less steps, more efficient, more efficient site, um, you know, getting better at the, the production side of it and the type of production side of it and what you need to do for that. And, you know, and that's the other big part too, is a lot of people sometimes, well, there's, there's things that you have to do that people that the market wants and needs. And so then you need to figure out how to do those things. But then there's some things that you don't need to do. And, mm-hmm. and let's just say for product wise, like at the very beginning, I thought about everything. Big, small, big, small, in, out, this, twist, take apart, all these other parts, all these other things, all these other like mix match. Like I made it super complicated. I was like, oh, just simplify it. Keep it simple. Keep it simple. But then think about the important things. Does it stand out? Is it easy to use? So I would give it to kids. I would give it to kids. And then I, then I would also, here's the other part too, is that, you know, the whole Steve Jobs thing is like, is, how did he say it? I can't remember. I'm a butcher it, but it's like, you know, you learn from other, other companies, other products and you, and you take from what, what they're doing. So like one thing that I took from him was if you can create a product that a kid can use and you don't have to explain it to them, then you've created a product that's can, that should has a lot of, or has a chance to be really successful. 
because if you don't have to add in all this extra stuff and like, and that's why Apple and that's why the phone and the iPad, like a kid can pick it up and start to real easy. Right. Super easy. Right. Which then the parents would get involved. Like there's this whole other process to it, but, and so I would give it to kids. I would give it to kids and I'd be like, I wouldn't tell them anything, nothing. And they would grab it. They would look at it and they would start going like this. And they would start massaging themselves. They would sit on the peaks. Yeah. They would sit on the peaks and go like this. And they would sit in between it. And then they would play with it. And then they would set it up. And, and I was like, if it's attracting a kid to want to, one, they start using it like you should, without me telling them. Two, if they start playing with it. And then the third one is that it attracts animals for some reason. Animals, like they love it they'll put their head between it they actually will they're like almost right. i'm gonna to i'm it. gonna give it to my dog now that you said that actually i never use, thought about that use it use it and the other thing too is that obviously dogs have muscles use the so many or the so key but use the so many and massage every single muscle on their body yeah. with the so many and i it'll be interesting to see what happens but i've had friends that have done that that have had really bad their dogs have had some really bad hip stuff and some other yeah. things and now they're just like running all over the place because it's, it's what we would have right. to do. It's for us, myofascial right? release, same thing. Exactly. Right? The dog doesn't know that they need to go and rub up against something. Right. <laughs> they just see food. They see food. They want to be petted and they want to yep. drink and then they go to bed and then they yep. run after a squirrel and that's it. Right. That's a great example. Actually, you know what? To, to go off of that, that's one reason why I would get up in the morning and sprint right away because I was like, why can't I do it if a dog can do it? Right. Why can't if, if another animal can do it, they didn't warm up or sprint or do what or you know do whatever they need to do in order to then go do X. They can just get up and go if they have to, or they get up and do a little stretch and then boom, they're out. It's like why why can't I do that? So that was back in the why I was- it is it is interesting how much it takes us to get going one, but then also how much we just like live in that that space of that being a good thing. Exactly. You know, like, oh no, You're like, got to get oh. to the gym, you know, an hour and a half. I'm like, warm up should be a warm up. It should be like getting your body to baseline so you can start doing shit in ASAP. It's not a workout. It's not 45 minutes and we're laying around on the ground doing stuff. Like, what hurts today? Fix that. Exit, boom, 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 go. And now uh, do it. Yes. So, um, so what's in the future for you guys? Oh, um, well, I have like 15 ideas that I'm, I'm juggling and po- tossing up and playing under around. the umbrella of, so, right. Um, yeah, handful of them are handful of them are under the umbrella. Um, some are completely separate. Um, one is completely separate and, and just kind of just going down that, that rabbit hole to just see, see what, uh, what else we need to do to see if it's going to be a legitimate, you know, legitimate product idea. Do you ever think about licensing it? Like I, whenever, ever since you made it and you like made multiple colors, I kind of was like, man, this could be really cool. You could have like, you know, the Gracie. So right. Like branded. So right. Or something, or, or get in with a football team and just see kind of the same way that, you know, different collegiate teams, have products from different companies that they use and brand with their whatever their sports insignia is or whatever and like getting so rights into athletic facilities 
do you guys ever think about doing stuff like that or do you want to keep it more like organic straight to consumer no i mean we've got we've got it into 800 different sports categories across across the board and and there's you know certain organizations that do have like their whole team has you know will have the the so right um and i'm not in that side of the business of of the licensings or Mm -hmm. or other things like that and because um and you know there's things that have you know come up with this whole covid stuff to see you know other businesses where their money's at, how much money they have. Right. Um, which is obviously make things challenging for a lot of businesses, which is frustrating. Um, because it's, it's, it's in our control, but it's out of our control. Which yeah. is, it's, it is what it is. We got to keep pushing it to, to get out. Well, of it. I would but, imagine though, that like with the, the amount of people working out at home <clears throat> at over the past, like year and a half, how many people started doing things inside that you would see, more people finding maybe the story that wouldn't have found it before because they weren't exposed to like oh no true no tightness true, stuff sure. like that yeah yeah no i'm not saying on that on that side of it there's there's obviously some positive part of it because of you know not being able to go to your massage therapist not being able, stuck right. in certain positions you're you know you're having more stress there's more things going on at home like you need to have that consistent use it 10 times a day, use it in the morning, the night, the before, during, after, whatever, like you need to have those types of products. And, and you saw that people were selling out left and right of their, and that was another thing too, is that having a wanting to make it in the U S something that I can literally go to and grab it myself. If I had to, I'll go there and I'll ship it. Right. I'll go box this stuff up. If for some reason we can't find people to do it. Like, I don't care. I'll go sleep on the floor again. I don't care. I'll go sleep on a cot. Like I don't need to whatever. Right. And so, um, that was really, you know, in one side, a positive, but big picture wise, it's like, you know, that shouldn't be happening. Right. It shouldn't be, that just shouldn't be going on right now. It's a weird, but, and so now going off of the, uh, we have, so we have a handful of other products that are, that are, you know, playing that whole dance of because here's the thing for me for me for me i want to create a product that is either it's right on that border of like it's been created but they haven't thought about it's not just oh they just add in another little thing or add in this or that like this like the hand was the shape and the massage, like that was there, but I want to create something that could be, had all these other things that you could be able to use with it. Right. Right. Or I want to create something that's never been created. And that's a challenge. Like you have to look at so many things and, and look at it and compare it. And then the name and then the, 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 all these other things play into it, but it's exciting too, at the same time. Cause once you have that aha moment, that's like, if we do it right, this can be also really exciting. And it can be, it can provide a lot of people with X. It can provide a lot of people with jobs. It can provide a lot of people with, and it's something no one's ever thought about. No one's ever went that route with it. And that's the part that excites me. And that's the part that frustrates me too, with some other stuff that's out in the market. It's like, why create that when you just like, when you said earlier, like, what was the feeling of you like coming up with something? I've never had kids, but that's the only thing I can relate it to is like, you're 
you are birthing a bit, like you just created something. Right. Why create something stupid? (laughs) All this effort and all this stuff that just came like to this point, why, why, like, it'd be like you going over and stealing someone's kid for your, for your own. Like, why would you do that? I think his people are, they see the money signs, you know, and they're not wired to, it's very clear that you have an appreciation for the creative aspect of this. And I think that that's unique. Like you're enthralled with the development and the questioning and the curiosity side of it. And that's really cool because it's that mindset that births things like the So Right and all the other products that you're putting under that umbrella. But that's because you, you're psyched on that. Like it really excites you to, hmm, what if I took this and did that? I don't think everyone's thinking that way. No, it, it takes a special kind of mindset to to appreciate that type of development. You know, I would say I would say that. I would say that it goes back to the very beginning that they are, but they find the comfortable, the e- potentially what they think is the easier way out. Yeah. To make a quick buck, to do this, to do that, to the, the, the whatever. It's like. What they need to do is get a 16 pack of bananas and sleep on the floor, sleep on the floor. And I, I know. I mean, there's definitely earn it when you're willing to, to allow yourself to be in those positions where it's kind of like do or die, there's a reason sink or swim is a saying at like yeah. you learn you one, one way yeah. or the other, you either sink and die or you swim. And yeah. the best way to learn is to just be thrown into it and figure it out yeah. as you go. Um, and so want to be that longer than I do. Like, I mean, I needed it more and sometimes I still need it to this day. Like I have to play those little games and like make things hard. If it's not making things hard, then it's turning me soft. There's a whole saying that hard times create hard men. Hard men create soft times. Soft times create hard times. Or soft men create hard times. And then hard times creates hard men. Yeah, it's it's a quadrant of uh, hard times, strong men, and weak men, and bad times. Yeah. I think it's a little square Um, I need to keep doing that. Well, I want to be respectful of your time. But before we go, I've noticed that your ears are quite cauliflowered more so than they used to be when uh, we were training Equinox. So have you been training more? No, this is still, I mean, I have been training more, but this is the same. Your ears were not cauliflowered when we worked together. No way. Yeah, I got it in football in high school. Really? Yeah. They look so much more. I broke, I broke, my, I broke my hand. We broke this knuckle, which I didn't know until I broke this hand, this, this bone. And then I had a, I had a cast. There was a torpedo when I played football in high school and I couldn't put my, I couldn't pull my helmet apart to slide down. So I gave myself a cauliflower ear. Maybe you did it for the future being like, I think this is going to be in, in 2021. Yeah, right? People just won't fuck with me. Well, my, 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 yeah, I have been training a little bit. Um, but my, my wrestling coach at that time in, uh, in Kalispell, he had mad, his cauliflower was nuts. It was just massive and just huge. Like he was not like Chandler's or Burns. Oh dude. It was, it was like had, just golf he had, balls. He had both. He had both completely flat, just huge. And he was a, he was a man. That guy was an animal. He won, he won this open fist fighting competition, I think maybe even before like, like combat jujitsu. 
it kind of, but it was, it was like, no, but it was like UFC, but it was just not close fist. Yeah. And he, and, and it was actually almost at, when well, was UFC uh, started? ADC, but ADCC does that. Yeah. Yeah. AD, now, you can yeah, like yeah, open hand yeah. strike. Yeah. Now, now they do. Which is really, um, I don't know if you've ever rolled with someone and done that like lightly or, or not lightly. It's extremely annoying. It completely changes the entire <laughs> changes, experience. Changes everything. Yeah, I was well, I was I, rolling I, with this I, guy the other day, and he's like, he's this guy Steve Cazola. He fought in Bellator for a while, and he teaches our Muay Thai classes, and he's a brown belt at Gracie, and he's just a fucking animal. Like he, that guy, he would just murder me. He could just murder me how, however he wanted to murder me. You know, yeah. there's nothing I could do. Oh, and boy. he's like, hey, let's let's add in uh, open hand strikes, and I was like just like slaps and he's like yeah it's like slaps but you know maybe only put like 30 percent behind it so don't you know don't smack me in the face but it, we're just going to bring striking into it and i was like all right cool and in, i mean he's extremely dominant so like the second that we start rolling he's i'm just in like the worst position and he's just smacking me in the face and that meter of like I'm having fun. This isn't that fun. I want to fucking kill someone. It just, it throws you right over that. And there's nothing that you can do because you're pinned. And so yeah. I was like, wow, that totally adjusts this, all the comfort that you develop around training and trust with your opponent and everything. Someone throws in something like that, like getting struck. And all of a sudden you just don't see any of the shit you usually see. And it's completely different. It's crazy. Yeah, it's that's what the whole fight game it fascinates me because there's I, I'm I'm quick to not say anything and being like, oh, why didn't he do why didn't <laughs> even even with football when I play football, like I can't watch football with people because they'll say stuff and you're like, there's probably 20 other things that were supposed to happen during that play, and it was not that you know, like you go into all the details of it, but then like you said, when you add in those extra components to it, and like some of the things might be kind of obvious, but like, why are you doing this? But but when you add in those other things, it's like, it's a and whole it, different animal. I mean, it's mad respect for these guys and girls that are doing this. It's like when it's always the worst when they're like, when people dog on a fight, they're just stood there. There's this whole figuring each other out thing that's happening too. like a lot of these guys, in some cases they've trained together before, but a lot of times that's the first time that they're ever fighting this person or, you know, so like, there's a lot of dance and figuring out who the person is across from you and where are your opportunities. And it's, it's so frustrating when people are like, this fight's dog shit. It's like, actually it's not, it's the best fight that there could be because they're both challenged by what's in front of them. It's not a, like the Gaethje Chandler thing was just fucking, that was absolutely insane. Not every single fight's going to be like that. You know, that was nuts, dude. That was just a different level of like, I've never seen a three round fight like that. Oh yeah. It's a, the, just the, everything about, I mean, that fight fights before other, other athletes that it's, it's, it's a, I mean, they're, they're inventing themselves. They're inventing, you know, positions, movements, each fight's different, each fight, you know, the intensity going into it, the, the mental side of it, the, the nerves, the conditioning. I mean, there's so many factors that go into it. And then, and then the decision of what they do and when they do it, at what point, the quick, like it's, it's. You, so when you, when you train, do you train jujitsu? You train striking, or do you mix it all in? 
Uh, lately, lately it's very little, but lately it's just been jujitsu, um, and which has been also really challenging because it's it's a very humbling sport when you're getting tapped out by someone either smaller than you or younger than you or or yeah. you try to size them up and you're like, nope. And then you're probably way stronger than they are, but then they just use that against you. And you're like, God, it's infuriating. What is going on here? Um, and so I'm really working on the, you know, just first for myself, just the, the mental side of it, the mental yeah. side of it, of, of when I first started doing it, I was like, I'm not okay with this. Like, this is not like, you mean like the physical, like someone beating you? So, so to speak. Uh, yes. I mean, the getting beat and getting tapped out, like you're like, it's, it's humbling. Like yeah. I, mean, I got tapped out, you know, a bunch of times, but like, especially from like some black belts or brown belts or, you know, people that can just manipulate you in any way, any direction yeah. you want to go. It's like, that's fascinating, but also very like scary and humbling. Like all these like different emotions are happening to you at the, at that same time. But then when you do the same thing to them, to somebody else right and you're able to do the same thing that they just did you and it's like now you're like this like man i can freaking take on the world i can do anything you know it's like this weird so, so I'm, weird. I'm i'm trying to and i think there's a lot of value tons of value in it of of you know stepping back and and i would like at some point have a black belt but i'm not i'm not in a rush to get it I'm not, yeah. I'm not, I'm not, I'm taking my time. I'm trying to learn and, and try to look at every single movement and every single, and, and have fun with it and be, ex and be excited about it and not push it too hard and not try to get injured and not try to, cause that's the other thing too, of where, you know, the mentally I'm like, Oh, I can go out and try to deadlift X or do this and do yard work and do this and then go here and then train and do all these things, which I've done in the past but my body's not conditioned like that anymore. Like, yeah. so I need to like tell myself you have to stop because I'll have the mental state of like, I'm going to break myself. I'm going to yeah, push it's, so, it's so far like, past it that I'm going to hurt myself. Cause I, it's like, I don't have that turn off switch. Yeah. So I'm training myself to almost turn off to be like, you know what, just be okay with what you just learned and, and focus on that. And then build off of that so the next time you come back you can actually be a lot better and there's a lot more things going on in your body than than the whole mental side of it of being like oh i just trained freaking three hours a day and i tapped this person out and I punched him out and knocked him out and did this because that's where my mind wants to go yeah it's, like, it's so funny hearing you say that like uh i think in life nothing's taught me more about who I am than martial arts because it oh, took yeah. everything that I thought about who I was and everything that I built up about who I was, because, you know, like you, like I, I walked in the gym, I don't want to do a workout. I don't want to do the hardest workout. I don't want to lift weights. I want to lift the heaviest weights. I want to do the hardest thing. I want to do it over and over. And then I want to prove other people wrong that think that you can't do it that many times in a row and be like, yeah. dude, go fuck yourself. Check this out. I'm going to run a marathon and do this. I yeah. just, I've always just kind of, felt that way I've, I've identified with that and the first time that i went in to train jujitsu at the end the, the guy's like hey you're pretty athletic do you want to stick around and spar and i was like sure this is gonna be and in my head i was like sure i'm super conditioned i'm gonna whoop your ass 
I'm going to like prove jujitsu wrong, basically, yeah. and show that you can just yeah. be athletic. And I think I got, I got tapped out like 15 times in 20 minutes. I completely forgot who I was. I was totally shook. And I walked out of there like, what the fuck just happened to me? Yeah. I have to learn more about whatever that was. And yeah. that, you know, started this long process where like, I think that was also the thing that made me start to feel more okay with not training at the intensity that I used to train because yeah. it like all came to this head where I realized that that actually didn't matter. What yeah. matters is like being able and feeling good and feeling healthy yeah. and that I could deadlift, you know, 200 pounds less than I was and actually be better at defending myself against someone else yeah. trying to hurt me. Yeah. And then I was like, okay, I yeah, can, I'm totally cool with this whole mix switching around. Like I train twice a week now. Yeah. Not 10. Yeah. It's, 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 it's a cool, it's a fascinating and amazing journey just to, and that's the, that's the other part too, about why I really like really in love with, with the products and inventing something that's for the human bodies, because the human body is fascinating in so many ways. It's like the brain I'm starting to get, I'm really diving a lot more into the whole brain and like breathing stuff and, and, and really just trying to be in tune with that and the joint and each trying to really get into the joints and but it's that's the other part too is that balance right i could spend all day oh, thinking yeah. about this stuff and then i like have no friends and all this stuff just like <laughs> going downhill and it's like have you read oh, breathe God. or breathe or deep oh i love that book those two books changed my life like i read oh, yeah. deep first off a recommendation and just became fascinated with the whole free diving that like i didn't even know that that free diving existed blew my mind yeah blew my Dude, mind. i almost i almost and then like wim hof stuff I almost died in a, uh, I almost drowned in a shallow water blackout. Really? Because yeah. of uh, deep or because of Wim Hof? Uh, Wim Hof. Where? Um, at the uh, West, Westwood, is it Westwood Equinox? Yeah, their, their pool there. Were you solo? No, but I kind of was because the two friends I was there with, they, that I didn't come over to save me. They're like, so this is what, this is what happened. Right. Which goes back into what I was saying. Like, if I, if I keep pushing at something, like you got to have this common sense and this like knowledge of being like, I need to stop. Cause if I don't, I'm going to either really hurt myself or I'm going to die. Like, and I don't want either of those, right. but, but that's what turned like, that's the weird thing about training is like you push it to that limit. And then you're like, yeah, I'm going to back off. And that was good for you. Right. Then you right, push it, right. then you push it to that limit and you go over it. And then you're hurt or something really bad happens. And it was bad for you, but it was that little bit that you just like yeah, totally. that little voice in your head being like, you should probably stop. And you're like, it's learning to listen to that voice. Nope. It has keep been it. hard. Yeah. Yeah. Really. And that's well, but then on the other part of it is if I didn't listen, if I since I didn't listen to that voice. I, I wouldn't have gotten hurt and then wouldn't have came up with Surrey. Right. Yeah. That's what happened is I stopped training and I came back and then I was like, Oh, I'm gonna go deadlift 400 pounds, 500 pounds yeah. and freaking, but I'm gonna do it with a snatch grip because I haven't been doing that. Right. And I'm like, oh, okay, I'll build my way up. All right. I'm doing good. Bam. Using, using some straps because I want to lift more weight. And then I'm like, okay, wow. I actually feel great. Um, something feels a little funny, but you know what? I haven't been training much, so I need to get back into it. 
stupid. Yeah. But oh gosh, and then it just Got like it. downhill there. But the um, the blackout. Literally, literally. So I was just you know with friends, and we're like, hey, let's see how far we can swim underwater. So I was like, okay, and I'm like. You know, and I'm not doing it because I knew not to do the exact Wim Hof breathing in right. water because he mentioned you can have a shallow water blackout. Well, and James Nestor says that too. He's like, there is a, like, if you're going to test the limit, test Don't, it lying on your back or test exactly, it seated yeah. with someone around you. Don't yeah, test exactly. it in the water. Exactly. So, and so I already knew that going into it, but then you have this other side where you have this competition where it's like, oh, you went X far. Well, I'm going to go a little farther. I'm going to yep. go a little farther. So I'm just practicing some breathings. I'm not doing the Wim Hof breath, not doing the, but I'm just, you know, trying to get my lungs warmed up and trying to like get more depth into it. Swim, playing around with different types, like holding my breath the whole way and then coming up, holding my breath and letting some of the breath out, holding my breath and letting it go. And I was getting a little bit further, a little bit further and like, whatever, we were going back and forth. Sure enough, one more time. I'm like, all right, I got this underneath, come back. I could have just stopped, but I was like, no, I'm going to turn around and push off the wall. As soon as I pushed off the wall, I exerted too much energy and boom, blackout. I'm dreaming. I'm in a pool of water in, in the pool and I'm just floating in this. And I'm like, this is not happening. And I just start punching the water. I just start swinging for whatever. And I come up dream. out of water in the, dream. In, in the dream. But in reality, I was just punching. I was just punching, punching, and I come up out of the water, and I'm luckily there was like that little rope right there, and then I like hang on to it, and I'm getting my breath, and my friends are just hanging out <laughs> on the other side of the pool, just hanging out, and I'm like, dude, you guys see that? They're like, yeah, it looked like you were uh, you passed out. I was like, why? <laughs> okay, well, not doing that ever again. It's, it's hard when you get, I, so I, when I read that book, I would, I would sit here when I read that someone held their breath for 23 minutes, static apnea, I didn't believe it. Then I went online and I watched it and I skipped through cause I'm not going to watch 23 minutes straight of someone lying face down. But then I did, you know, a bunch of verifying and found out like, wow, someone actually has held their breath for 23 minutes straight. And I still, when I say it out loud, I can't, I, I'm not wrapping my head entirely around how yeah. insane that is but i was like okay well then what can i do and i so i would every day when i meditate i would meditate and then in like probably my most calm state awake of the day i would then do a static breath hold just to see and i did this for like three and a half weeks and i started at 20 seconds which was just blew my mind i was like but i was uncomfortable with just the sensation of wanting to breathe and I, then i was like fuck dude i surf all the time I can't be surfing and holding my breath for 20 minutes, 20 seconds yeah. when I'm just like chilling on the floor. So I was like, I gotta, I gotta keep doing this. And so I would do it every single day. And I got up to be like a little, I think I did like two minutes and 45 seconds. And then my brother was like, Oh, okay, well I'm going to do it too. And so we had this like competition. He got like three ten, And then I was like, okay, this is just me, you know, sitting here trying to manage the, the pain of wanting to breathe and the buildup of carbon dioxide, which I used to think was the buildup of wanting oxygen, but it's not. I was just going to say that. Crazy. And then I was like, with that's no training. If I actually got with someone who like did this, you could definitely push your limits out there. 
And then when you're starting to play around with those thresholds, like you feel what you then know is the buildup of carbon dioxide start to build and heat in your body. But when you do it a lot, you can start to disassociate from that, like the buildup and the pain. So you're like, okay, I recognize that's just my body thinking it needs what it doesn't. So I'm going to wait. And then you wait. And then you're like, whoa, I can wait longer than I thought I could. And then you hit that like euphoric kind of like, whoa. And so I would do this visualization where I would like sit up here. But when I close my eyes, I would walk downstairs, go outside, get my surfboard. And I put it in my car and like pull my keys out of my pocket and get in, turn the keys and, and go. And I would always start, I would do it the same exact way. And then in the visualization, I would just see how, how close could I get to the beach? Like if I actually took the, the way that I would really go. So I like some days I would like make it across the train tracks and then other days I would like make it to the parking lot. And then one day I made it like all the way to the parking lot. I grabbed my board, I like waxed my board. I walked down to the beach, got in the water. And I, I like hit that moment. I was like, Oh my God, I need to breathe. And I opened, it was like two minutes and 45 seconds. And I was like, Whoa, I was gone. I was completely not here. Like no idea. It was so calming. It was this like level of chill and tranquility that I had just never experienced in mm. regular meditation. And it just tripped me out. Like, it's so weird when you start to test things, like you talk about this a lot on the podcast today. And then just knowing you, like, you're always kind of wondering why, how much, how far, what else is possible. And when you start to do that with yourself, you get a lot of really weird insights, a lot of strange things about your own body or, or your own capabilities that like, you just don't know when you're not pursuing them like that. Yeah. yeah like you can survive on 16 bananas a day. <laughs> yeah. I mean, shoot, when you, we can go down that rabbit hole a little bit, but it's there's dude fruit. Fruit is a, uh, I mean, it's, if it's organic fruit, right? Pure organic grapefruit, like it's almost, it's very close to the way that our body's set up. It's the most purest water. I would say it's the most purest water that you can be able to drink. It's got all the vitamins and minerals. It's got amino acids. Most, most kiwis is a complete protein. It's got, they got tons of amino acids. I think some of them have like up to like 23. It's got omega threes, omega sixes. Like the only thing that most fruit, if not all fruit, it doesn't have a whole lot of sodium. So you have this, you have this craving for sodium. Well, and iron, right? That one, yeah. And, and some other things in there too, but, but the sodium one is, is like, but if you put some of that onto your, uh, under your fruit and stuff, like, like salt, a banana, salt on any of your fruit, put it on something that brings out the flavor more. It brings out, it literally is like it, but you're eating but more the banana was different. That was right. taking what's that right now, right? Like today, you're eating more than just bananas. No, yeah, yeah. Okay. I was like, you no, have no, that was just that was just you. yeah, that was just a test to just kind of just see and like you know, it's another thing to add into the day of like change up the monotonous and yeah. Like I did it with all diets. I did it with with uh the bulletproof diet, I did it with the carnivore diet, I did it with raw vegan, I did it with just regular vegan. Um, and I did, did that it, too. Did a year, a year, like on the dot. Like I woke, I went to bed and I was like, woke up and I was set up vegan. And I, and I was for like, I think it was 11 months straight, a cold straight up. Like I'm reading every single label on everything, learning that 
there's milk in like 99% of everything that you fucking buy and you have no idea. Yeah. Just to see, can I Olympic lift on, on the same intensity that I was lifting, thinking that I needed meat all the time, do it on a plant-based diet. And of course you can. Now, exactly. And that was the other thing too, is that when I was on that fruitarian diet, I actually felt and recovered and there was so like, I had no smell. I tested it, which is, which was weird. I was like, I don't stink. I smell like bed, oh, bath body. and beyond. Yeah. I was like, I smell like bed, bath and beyond because I'm just, I'm eating tons of fruit and that's the only thing that's just like coming out of my pores. And like, and then my joints, that was the, that was the weird thing too, is I wish I, I wish I had had more resources to like really dive in and like do blood work and see like what was going on internally and everything. Because if I could compare two diets that I've done where I felt like I was literally a barbarian, a barbarian, just like, just super, just felt like my testosterone and hormones and just everything, sex hormone was just going through the roof to like feeling very fragile, but also feeling good was the fruitarian diet. And then the uh, bulletproof diet eating, eating majorly, majorly all fat that I was getting from grass-fed butter, like from MCT oil, from, you know, bacon, from all this stuff and not eating hardly any fruit at all to eating all fruit. Like I felt great, but I felt super like non-aggressive. Oh, sorry. You're saying uh, bulletproof and the fruit, they're on opposite sides of the spectrum. Fruit yeah. was like, feel great, but fragile and weak. And then I just bulletproof felt, yeah. was like, feel like fucking. Yeah. Because I, it, it just, it was weird because it, when I was eating only really only fruit that besides like certain fruit, like apples or whatever, like there's not a whole lot of like crunching or like tearing things up, like, like that kind of the barbaric kind of, you know, caveman kind of yeah. feeling or whatever, like you're just eating, it's just right. very kind of mushy. Right. But I felt great. Like my body was hydrated. My joints felt amazing. I would train super hard and like, almost never get sore. Um, I smelled great. I feel like all this stuff, like everything was great. And then on the Bulletproof diet, all fat, man, I've like, my voice changed. I sound like, like you literally, I got so deep and like, I just had this, like, I smelled so bad, so bad. Like my body just would react to food in a different way than maybe other people. But horribly like i would do i would i would have to take like four showers a day and like mad like i just wish my only regret is that through all these different curiosities that i've had in the world of nutrition and performance that i didn't do more diligent monitoring on my end like i've done like you have done so many different things where i'm like i'm doing this or i'm doing that i'm trying this out i'm testing this and all of it's kind of like i can arrive now as an individual and be like, I have a pretty good grasp on what my body needs and when it needs it and how to kind of like dial that meter in either direction. But mm-hmm. I wish I had done more blood work, more DEXA scans, but yeah. just to ha- like to go nerd out on that kind of stuff, because yeah. you can do some wild shit with your body. Oh yeah. Or like That's- monitoring sleep uh, reductions or like sleep surpluses and how that yeah. tailors sleep into plus. different types of lifting and performance and stuff like that. But that's a whole nother rabbit hole for another day. But, um, dude, Mac, I, I got to jump here for this yeah. session, but, um, tell people like, where can they find you? Where can they get? So rights, uh, what other products are out there that they can get? Where can they resource 
just like how to take care of their bodies, just plug everything and anything that you want to. And uh, I'll throw this also in the comments. Um, so so right.com that's PSO dash rite.com. So good is our CBD brand. And there's, we have four different tinctures. We had sleep. We have the, the gummies, vegan gummies, um, the muscle freeze, the, the recovery cream and the salve all in that. Um, so you, so you is where we have all of our how to's, and then there's going to be a lot more other content that will be there. That will be more specific for different type of training. Um, uh, I want to do how to invent a product and like have different, so how to's and then, but then also have extra courses that will be on there and that's all work in progress, but that has all the how to's right now for every single product. Um, on so right, there's eight different products. We got the so neck, the so back, the so spine, so mini, so key, um, the so stick, the so sprocket and the so connector. Um, and those all are mimic some port, some part of the hand from the fingertip to the elbow of a massage therapist. So you can be able to really get into every area of your body. Um, gosh, yeah, just, what about you? Where can they find you? So right, man. That's me. Perfect. You are the, so, so you actually, so, so you, so you is really is, is mostly, is mostly me. So if they want, cause I don't really do a whole lot on my personal page. Yeah. Um, but so you is that's predominantly mostly me on. So right. We have, I have people that are helping me, you know, questions or whatever, this, that, and the other thing, but so you is that's my, my new baby that I want to, make sure that people are getting the most out of it. Wonderful. Well, Mac, thank you so much, man. It's always a pleasure talking to you. Um, I hope, I mean, we'll do this again in the future. hundred percent. I feel like we scratched the surface on a lot of things, Um, but yeah, thank you very much, brother. Yeah, you too, man. Thanks a lot.